We become an organization of accepting mediocrity, I think, in our processes and behaviors and lots of things. And it was how do you turn all of that on its head? I think as long as you treat people with respect and with a degree of humility and, um, and, and also point out, you know, we can't stay as we are. Uh, uh, the, the, the waters are rising, uh, and uh, the, there's only one boat to get on, and here it is. So I, I think all of those things, I mean, we're facing such a, a an industry change that we, we've never seen for 300 years, such a, the like that's going to happen in the next five years or so. So uh, I, I think that it, it's listening and humility and being compelling, I suppose. Hi, I'm Paul Miller, and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices, and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking, and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. Today's show has been about three months in the making, and I'm really delighted to pull it off eventually because I've got on two really interesting guests, the first of whom is the very humble and highly influential Stephen Roberts. He is at Barclays Bank UK, and he is the Strategic Transformation Director there, he is the man behind 10,500 iPads, the largest purchase of iPads at the time, given out to all their retail branch staff, to coding workshops for youngsters in their branches, also for the training of non-customers in digital literacy in the branches. He's also most well known for creating their Digital Eagles program, which was a viral empowerment of staff in digital evangelism throughout the bank. My other guest is Christy Season Punch. Christy is a digital workplace consultant and product manager at Wells Fargo. Um, she describes herself as an intranet chick and an IT translator, somebody who translates IT into business language. Stephen has really changed the face of retail banking through digital transformation. And as you will hear, he is ever hungry for what is next. His mission is to save traditional banking from irrelevance. And I think he's doing a really good job. Christie's at a much earlier stage in her career, but you'll hear the passion she has to make people matter inside Wells Fargo and to empower individuals on the Wells Fargo journey. Now for Christy and Stephen. So I'm delighted to be joined today by my two um, guests. I've got uh, Stephen here um, sitting in our home in the Cotswolds and Christy who is in Charleston, I believe. So um, I'm going to start off with you, Stephen, and and, uh, it's great to have you on the show today um but let's let's start with some history so barclays is 327 years old wells fargo's 164 
years old. What are the benefits, would you say, of being old as a bank? Um, one, <laughs> I suppose we've had plenty of time to build up a big customer base, um, 327 years worth of uh, time to build that up. Another, I think, um, that also means we have a big distribution network. We have a lot of knowledge within the company of how uh, things work and how regulation works and things like that. And I suppose most importantly, we should have a very good understanding of what customers want. And um, one of the things about Barclays is we are a universal bank. So we serve from the very oldest to the very youngest, uh, from the richest to the poorest. So I think that um, but that understanding of how society as a whole works is a big deal. Because often it's thought that if you're old, you can't really embrace the, the digital um, opportunities, that, that, that coming in clean, new, is sort of somehow an advantage. But it, it, it strikes me that there's something about legacy and depth yeah. and history. I, well, I... You can see the upside of coming in new because um, one of the challenges of being an incumbent is that you, you tend to focus on improving what you already have and often that will mean applying things like Six Sigma and Lean and things like that. You, you might enhance a, pr a process by maybe 10-15%. A, a new uh, team coming in will look at a process without any of that knowledge from before and uh, say what does the customer want so say I don't know it takes two months to get a secured loan for a company um, of course you don't want it to take two months you want to be able to give that loan instantly or the next day and a new company coming in would just look at it like that and say what do I have to do to get that the next mm. day rather than trying to improve what you have at the moment Sure. you might eventually get there. So that's the upside of someone new. But there's no reason why <laughs> um, an incumbent, or, uh, uh, so an older company can't, like us, can't think in exactly the same way. Mm. Uh, and I think that mind shift to think like a startup is a big, big deal. Sure. And, and Christy, I mean, it sounds strange to say it, but Wells Fargo, 164 years old, which in any terms would be quite an old bank but compared to Barclays is quite a sort of newbie but 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 thinking about it from a Wells Fargo and a US perspective um, what would you say the benefits are of, of this legacy and 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 history yeah no I agree a lot with what Stephen mentioned and uh, specifically he talked about just the extensive knowledge that you have across your organization with your employee base or, or what we call team members. And I just helped celebrate one of my coworkers last week had a 30 year service anniversary. And I think that with a larger, older bank, you tend to have team members that build careers um, at the bank and they have just this insane amount of knowledge because they've been here um, almost their entire working career. And I think that the benefit of that is it brings kind of an, a knowledge base of experience where 
you're not just focused on the technology itself when it comes to some of the the newer startups or, or companies. You have kind of this rich culture and um, knowledge base that understands the patterns and the behaviors in the industry and then can also take the technology and be able to find new ways of doing um, different things in, in the banking industry using that technology versus just really being focused on the technology itself. Yeah, that's that's such a such a good point. And, and you know, we're talking today about the digital transformation of, I'll say, uh, you know, banks with a long history. And uh, I think um, the, the story that, you know, really brought you and I together, Stephen, was the was what I see as the digital mm-hmm. transformation of Barclays. And so let's let's go back to 2010. You were chief operating officer at the UK retail bank. Um, why change? What was what was happening? Um, well, from a personal point of view, I didn't have a choice. The new chief executive came in and said, I don't want you to do that, Stephen. I want you to help me do digital transformation. And to be honest, I, I, I had no idea what that meant on reflection. Um, and so being... And I'd worked in the bank 25 years. And it's one of those uh, character or life-changing moments where you go from having 6,000 people working for you to having two. Yeah, and one <laughs> right. of those is your secretary and one of you is you. And you have to make the most of that. And we probably uh, bumbled around for about six months trying to get to the bottom of what digital transformation is. I think once we started doing things and experimenting, because of all that history and that knowledge, and I built a team that were all old-timers like me, um, and that that was a, a selfish decision originally that became something that was quite clever because those old timers know everyone in the organisation. They can do things much faster because they have lots of friends and family within the organisation. And so that these experiments uh, just started turning into very um, uh, reflective things that when they didn't go quite right, what we did was analyse and looked and then mm. learned from those. And, and how did, I mean, the term digital transformation in, in uh, today we sort of see as, as kind of an accepted term, but in 2010 to suggest that a UK bank would go on a journey of digital transformation, where did that concept come from? Uh, it was making it up as we went along. So if I, right. <laughs> I can, uh, and it came out of uh, this reflecting back, why has something happened? So we did a couple of things that probably led to everything else. So we put free Wi-Fi into our branches uh, oh, four or five years ago now. And, but we did it for some selfish reasons, which was to help download mobile banking with the customers in the banking hall. Within six months, we'd become the largest distributor of Wi-Fi in Europe. And the uh, we started picking up on social media how kids were arranging to meet in our branches. Wow. And that was quite profound because no one wants to go to a branch of a bank. They go there because they have to. And for the first time in our history, we had people wanting to come in our branches. 
The other thing we did, we made the largest ever corporate purchase of iPads in the world at the time, to the extent we were invited to Apple's quarterly results. So you we did 10,000 iPads. That was to make a statement to staff that we meant business in digital. But Not, yeah. I, I'll just finish the... So, but what the... the both of those weren't... In t- and what happened with the iPads was completely unexpected. We thought the staff would love having them and celebrate what we'd done. Uh, instead, the staff, a large proportion of staff, didn't use them. And and when we went and talked to them, they said because they were embarrassed to ask what should they do with them and how should they use them. And that was a profound turning point in our digital transformation. At that point, we realised... Uh, uh, any idiot can, with money can go off and buy iPads and buy Wi-Fi. The profound thing is that digital transformation involves people. Mm. And we realised, how would we ever convince our customer base to become digital if our colleagues weren't confident about digital? Mm. And that began the journey with digital eagles that led to all sorts of other things. So it was a an unintended outcome that we reflected and acted upon. Yeah, and and, and what would you say the sort of overall challenge that the bank faced at that time was? I mean, because reputationally, banking had been um, in, in, you know, a pretty bad place Mm. after 2008. People didn't look at uh, the banks and think about innovation or... And and was was that kind of background part of the reason for things that were really quite left field that you were doing? Uh, that, that wasn't the driver. So we weren't part of a CSR programme. But really interesting things just happened. So um, we were doing the digital thing because we had a cost imperative uh, and we wanted staff to um, promote digital banking, especially mobile banking, out to colleagues. So we, we had a selfish motive in making sure that the staff were comfortable to do that. Um, what what started happening out of the digital eagles was just magical and wonderful stuff where the, the volunteers or the staff who became digital eagles who volunteered. So just, just for people listening who won't have heard the term digital eagles, and, and I, I've become immersed in the term digital eagles and kind of talked about it all over the world, Tell tell us the digital eagle story and so, what what is a digital eagle? So it, it continues from that purchase of the iPads. So we had ten thousand iPads that weren't being used, and one of the uh, things with us puzzling, oh blimey, what have we done here? Was it had happened around Christmas, and we'd been talking to each other how interesting it was that uh, our parents, so our kids' grandparents would adopt technology not from their children who because I get really wound up with my dad when you're trying to explain how to use an iPhone or whatever but my children will spend all the time in the world and have patience with the grandparent Mm. and we were thinking if only we could replicate that within the organisation and so we asked for volunteers and we knew it had to be face to face not computer based training which no one likes in the bank. So we asked volunteers, we had 300 volunteers, of which we chose 20. 
and those 20 became the digital eagles. And then we mapped out so that one of those 20 over a six-month period would visit every one of our 1,600 branches. And we said, just go in and sit with them as though you're the grandchild and, and, and get their own phones out and the iPads we've given them and just help them. And we thought, well, you're bound to meet somebody like yourself in each branch. Ask them if they'd like to be a digital eagle. And so began the journey. Within two months, we'd got 3,000 volunteers. We're now up to about 17,000 in the UK and another 17,000 in Africa. Uh, and they just started doing outreach to the community, helping the community become digitally savvy. Um, not about banking, but about anything. And that led us on uh, on a journey where we thought this is more than just telephone banking or online mm. banking or a new type of banking this is a profound thing that's happening to society and we've embraced digital ever since so so there was you know there was the whole process of kind of crowdsourcing viral growth um digital empowerment and and you were sort of discovering this oh we were <laughs> in, a, in a very and it strikes me your approach is quite because i know you've got a background as a scientist um yeah. and it strikes me you're you're very much about empirical evidence yeah. it's like if something works or something doesn't work yeah. so you give people because i remember reading about the, the ipads in the ft barclays buy ten and a half thousand ipads and then give them to their staff and i'm like what is going on at Barclays? There's something going on at Barclays. And then I heard, you know, stories around it. But um, we will come back to that in a moment, though, um, Stephen. But, but Christy, just, just tell me, when you're listening to Stephen's Barclays journey, I mean, where's Wells Fargo on this trajectory so far, would you say? Yeah, I think that... We are well on our way. I don't know if we're moving at the pace as as Barclays or, or that we got qu- quite an early start. But the, we have several programs um, across the organization that allow team members to be part of the digital transformation. And what I really like about Digital Eagles and some of the programs at Barclays is it has that um, everyone's welcome at the table to be a part of this kind of evolution. And I feel like at Wells Fargo, we're taking a similar approach. We have a um, innovation team member network that any team member can be a member of, and it provides opportunities for sharing across the organization, things that different groups are doing, um, opportunities to learn about new um, financial technology or fintech. Um, And it also uh, provides team members with the opportunity to be pilot testers or um, be able to use some of the new things that we'll be introducing to our customers. So it allows team members to kind of be the, get the sneak peek and be able to provide input and ideas um, into those new products or, or new services. And so for me, I really like this approach of leveraging your team member base to really drive um, the innovation or drive the digital transformation and just saying, you know, everyone's welcome to be a part of this. Everyone's welcome at the table. And, and I mean, I don't know the story well enough, but would you say that what Barclays, um, you know, and I'll say pioneered, because I think looking at a kind of global level they have, do you think that was affecting 
um, uh, uh, the, the thinking within Wells Fargo or was it just happening independently? Yeah, I don't know if I can personally make that connection. I'm sure there's, I know Barclays has influenced me personally um, with a lot of the great things that they've done. Um, but I definitely think that there is kind of a trend across the industry where banks are starting to kind of revisit that traditional thinking of, you know, how do we put new technology out there? How are we introducing new things to our team members and our customers? I, I definitely know at Wells Fargo, we're trying to be more agile. We're trying to be more um, open to testing and learning um, as we go versus waiting till something's exactly perfect and then um, rolling it out. So I think, I think there's definitely a trend and kind of a change across the industry in general. Mm. Great. And um, uh, Stephen, so just kind of getting back to the eagles and this ethic that you had, this this sort of empirical approach. Um, how did you come across this 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 concept of what I'll call digital literacy? Because if you'd have asked people in 2010, are you uh, you know are you digitally literate or the converse, are you digitally illiterate? That really wouldn't have made much sense to people. Um, but the concept of digital literacy, I think, is now quite accepted. But you were sort of um, discovering that yeah. through deployment of, of the technology. Well, um, so what, once things started going crazy with the number of digital eagles we were getting and how we identified the eagles was we just had a lanyard around their neck that said digital eagle on and it had some <laughs> QR codes on, which you look back now and you think, how sort of crazy was and um, um, simplistic was that? But we, we we quite quickly, once the numbers were shooting up, thought what we need to do is um, make sure that that the the people actually have some qualification. So we looked around, and the only qualifications you can get in IT are courses that tend to be ones that suppliers do. So. Microsoft courses and um, courses for specific software and what we actually wanted was something around digital savviness mm. so we thought blindly uh, what, what should we um, do and again uh, the naivety and because we were all quite old <laughs> we thought we'll, we'll write one ourselves we'll write a qualification having no background whatsoever Sorry, what, what's the connection between being old and, and just I don't know. making I, it up I, as you go along I, I, I think there's almost nothing to lose right, and you right. have a I'm past caring white past I'm chief operating officer of the retail bank what can they do to me so we, we thought we have to find someone who can give it an educational stamp to make sure so you have exam boards in the UK but we found this organisation called City and Guilds who've been around for hundreds of years and we asked them how do we make a qualification and mm. they said, well, you need to do such and such. So we thought, well, we can do this. And I had in the back of my mind a, uh, a textbook I'd really liked at university which was done by uh, an organisation called the Open University in the UK who used to transmit their... Uh, lectures through the television they don't actually mm. have a permanent base yeah, no, but, I remember. <laughs> so what they used to do with their textbooks was that they would invite professors from the best universities in the world to write chapters 
So we had this idea we would create modular learning that would not exist on the company's IT, but would exist on the colleague's own personal phone. And that it would be almost handmade. So the first two modules, I remember, it's got people filming themselves in their bedroom talking about how the internet works and things. They were done by the original Digital Eagles. The idea, which is the link back to this textbook then, is I thought why wouldn't I just invite companies to do modules? So if if you think you're so good, Cisco, in networking, why not write us a module on mm. that? Mm. Uh, and we're up to now, I think, 40 modules, and we've got the, the, the greatest and best in the world now we've persuaded mm. to do modules that the BBC, Cisco, Accenture, Google, Microsoft, IBM... Yeah. and each one does a module on what they think is good the nice thing about it is that anything new that comes along we can just add another module mm. and it's gamified and when you get enough points you get accredited learning from city and guilds and it, it and it's called the digital driving license it was, was it's now called digital wings okay. it's available I and mean, it started as just something for colleagues yeah but it was so successful we put it out for free for anyone in the world to use so it's on Google Play in the App Store. Hmm. And and do you think the fact that because you said that you came into this role without a background in in, in digital change and so on was has that been an advantage to you? Because if I listen to your story, I, I can't really find a, a a kind of comparable story in other people that I know in the industry. Um, it's 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 a kind of you're something of a maverick. Uh, at least in my mind, in the way you've approached things and, and taken a quite a unique approach. It probably did help. Um, uh, I think we've learned to focus on people and what, what the end user wants, whether that's the colleague in work or the customer, uh, who ultimately they're not interested in the technology. We learned that very quickly in the beginning. Some of them are. Obviously, they, it was a big deal getting an iPad four years ago, um, but uh, it, it's what, what's, what, what makes the customer tick and that, that, that focus on that, I think. And that customer is a universal customer, whether they, you have to make it work for the old and the very young and everybody else in between. Mm-hmm. And, and you talked about having a... Um, when you were putting together the team originally... Uh, you didn't do what you would think of, or what I might think of, which is you go and look for ex- for experts. You go and look. Yeah. You actually chose people that you knew well, who knew their way around the organisation. And one of the things that constantly comes up when I'm talking to organisations about, let's call it digital transformation, is culture, behaviour, ingrained patterns, etc., uh, etc. Et um, I mean, how did you come to this different view of how to change the organisation? I could make up something and say I thought really carefully and <laughs> thought I can't, but the truth was it was more a selfish thing that that I'd worked with these people and thought it would be more fun to have a group of people that um, I knew how they worked and how they behaved. They knew each other, how they would work and behave. So it felt like a very efficient organisation, a bit like a family company where you don't need loads of governance and checking because you know when you ask someone will they do something, you trust completely that they'll do. So it, it 
it did have a little bit of organisational thought, but I, I, to be honest, it was probably me thinking, wouldn't it be nice us doing something together? Mm. And, and and Christy, um, inside Wells Fargo, has the the concept of, of if you like, the empowerment of, of people at, at lower, more junior levels, something that's that's entered into the kind of thinking inside the bank? Is it something that... Because also when I hear the story, it can sound quite a sort of threatening concept almost to... It's almost <laughs> like once you sort of uh, start people off, my God, what are they going to do? Yeah, and that's, that's a really good question. I mean, we have different programs and, and things within the bank that allow team members, like I mentioned earlier, to kind of be part of the conversation, to submit ideas um, that then get routed to subject matter experts for response. What's fascinating to me about the Digital Eagles with Barclays is just that kind of building that network of experts, that almost like a reverse mentorship, if you will, um, around technology. And what's so great about it is that um, it's kind of something Stephen alluded to earlier is it's not really just the technology itself it's the whole concept of helping their employees understand what's in it for me Uh, and that's something that that we're learning a lot in some of the work that we're doing we're in the process of overhauling our um, our intranet homepage and we're really focused on trying to to make it more mobile friendly and improve the mobile experience and in our one of our most recent um, user studies we did with one of, with our team members um, we actually had a team member quote that oh this is really great this is so helpful maybe I'll start carrying my work phone now and it made me laugh because we you know provide team members with with the tools but then we don't you know, maybe necessarily do a good job of, of showing them what the value of those tools are, especially in their environment and, and their day-to-day roles and, you know, what's in it for me? Why should I care that I have um, a mobile phone at work or an iPad? And I think that Barclays has done a really good job of that with the Digital Eagles program because it's not just a training program or a or something coming down from corporate. It's Hey, my um, coworker. Hey, have you checked this out? This is, you know, did you know you could do this? And I just think that's a really great approach um, to kind of getting that that digital literacy um, across the user base. No, and it, it often amazes me. I mean, I do quite a lot of talks in different places, and one of the things when I reference um, stories like uh, Barclays Digital Eagles and and um, some other programs that have started in, in consequences, I say to people, look, tap into the latent uh, unused potential inside your organization. It's usually younger people inside the organization and they're just waiting to to contribute more. And, you know, you don't have to pay people more to do it. It's, it's, it's there. And it, it amazes me that, I mean, people's idea, they kind of light up when they hear the idea. Um, I think implementing it um, can be a lot more sort of fragmented. But there's a lovely quote that I, when I was doing some research in, into uh, ahead of this, Stephen, that you, you said, you, and uh, the, the quote is, Barclays are traditionally top down. We try to blow that up. It's not about it. Now it's about the power of the hive. The big insights are about listening. If you can just harness the power of 30,000 workers, you've got something really incredible. 
anyone can have a good idea. Ask about the improved, uh, the, the example of the improved coin bags. So, so, so tell me about the example of the improved coin bags. So what, one of the things that we used to have in the bank was something called head office instructions, which told everybody how they should do every process. And when I first joined, that was paper, and then it became a digital version. And what we did was turn that on its head and make it much more like Wikipedia. So the staff, uh, when they're looking up a process, if they uh, thought that the definition we'd given of the process or how to deal with something was wrong, they could add comments to it. So it became a living document, which we did a bit of curation around, but it didn't need much at all. Uh, and when we first made this live, what we quickly discovered was oh, and we had like thumbs up and thumbs down. So if staff really liked an idea or a comment, then you could see how positive. And we knew if more than 20 staff said they liked something, there was normally something in it. But that was sort of roughly measured. And the coin bags one was very early on. Um, uh, somebody in the central purchasing team had obviously thought of a clever way to save some money would be to... Um, get cheaper coin bags these are the bags that business customers and people put coins in and um, no, no one would have known about this apart from we started seeing the branch staff starting to post these new coin bags you've got a rubbish when you <laughs> drop them on the counter the bag explodes <laughs> and the banking hall fills with coins rolling around everywhere <laughs> and within two or three hours we had 20 other branch staff saying completely agree they're useless and what happened but before a week we'd had all of those bags um uh returned and the old bags brought back in now what would have happened in the olden days before that is that that the member of staff might have complained to the branch manager who might have been bothered to complain to their area manager who might have been bothered to complain to the region manager eventually something might through a lot of layers reached the purchasing guys who would have said it's you idiots you know you're not using them properly mm. and eventually something might have got done but it would have taken months if not years um whereas almost instantly well within the bank a week is instant um <laughs> that the that the bags are replaced and once the staff start seeing that that can happen all of a sudden they're energised and empowered to do other things because mm. we we become an organisation of accepting mediocrity, I think, in our processes and behaviours and lots of things and it was how do you turn all of that on its head. So this couldn't have been a, a smooth journey for you. Um, there how, how have you dealt with the the obstacles the skeptics the people who said hold on a second we're a bank we're about uh, handling and managing money we're not some kind of silicon valley digital transformation engine i, I think part of it is because we've learned to be humble and we've learned to take the colleagues along with us we haven't been successful always some parts of the bank um especially the ones with the, the men who've been around a long time are, are more difficult to deal with. The youngsters are more open 
to things but I think as long as you treat people with respect and with a degree of humility and um, and, and also point out you know we can't stay as we are uh, uh, the, 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 the waters are rising uh, and the, the, there's only one boat to get on and here it is um, so I, I think all of those things I mean we're facing such a an industry change that we we've never seen for three hundred years such a, the like that's going to happen in the next five years or so. So uh, I, I think that it, it's listening and humility and being compelling, I suppose. So that intrigues me. So what what is the 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 next five years? What's what's the and what's the agenda for for Barclays? Because I know you well enough to know that, that the journey doesn't stop here. I, I think there's two... I'd pick out two aspects. In, in a, that There are more, but I'll pick out two. One is what we do with our physical presence and how we still remain relevant to uh, customers when the world's becoming ever more digital. So uh, our response to that is the Eagle Labs. So turning... We have nine, uh, and they're worth a Google. So turning space space into uh, business incubators combined with rapid prototyping, fab lab, maker space, spaces, um, which I, I'm very proud of those. I would just like us to have more of them. Um, and it builds on our digital brand, because where we think digital is going next is around the physical, so platforms like Raspberry Pi and Arduino combined with advanced manufacturing techniques like uh, 3D printing and things like that. So, so that's one aspect and what we do with those. The other aspect is a regulation <laughs> called the PSD2, Payment Services Directive 2, which is... EU-wide, but is likely to spread, and that Britain will follow it regardless of uh, Brexit, which says that customers' uh, bank data must be made available to the customer or the nominee if the customer asks for that. The potential for that is people like Facebook or Google or anybody can start offering switching services and bank services where the bank's buried way underneath mm. so we, we no longer you no longer need to access your banking services through a dedicated mobile app from Barclays you can access it through Facebook or whoever uh, can set this up so the potential for us to disappear into the woodwork is a, a real concern so that this relevance point becomes really mm. crucial. Yeah, and and Christy, when you're um, thinking about the the coming years, and you know, Stephen's had a, a a wide and varied career, and I was kind of li- listening to all the things and, and reading about all the things you've done. You're at a uh, an earlier stage of your career, and so when when you're kind of looking at the the field of banking that you're in and this digital transformation. That, that's that's coming what what are the things that you think are going to be that the most important to to focus on if you like from a people engagement um employee perspective yeah i think um for me a lot of it is about finding a balance because there are so many 
new and exciting things when it comes to uh, the digital world and, you know, really cool apps and cool technology. But then there's also, you know, a sense of finding the balance between providing all of these things to our team members, but also making sure that we're not doing a lot of these new things just because they're new things for just the sake of um, exploring new technology. And I think, you know, we even find with customers that there are even younger customers that still prefer to go into a branch and talk to somebody. And so it's finding that balance of how do we still provide a lot of the traditional that that folks still want, but also provide the the new technology, but do it in a way so that we're, they don't have to think about it. So it's making it easier for them without the thought behind it. Um, so we're... I, th- I think that's kind of what, for me, it's that is finding that balance between yeah. the two. Completely agree. The balance thing is very, very important. Well, what, so, and, and what does that, what does that mean in your, in your context, Stephen? Well, I think it's as Chrissy said, you, we had this mantra, uh, leave no one behind that we, we had. And that means both the colleague and the customer. So you, you can't just, tell everyone they must become digital overnight it's both unfair and um it it doesn't make commercial sense and i think we extended that out to it digital made us realize um what we could do for disabled and elderly customers Uh, and we set ourselves the target of the most accessible company in the stock exchange in london for elderly and disabled customers because uh, that that leave no one behind. You can't just choose it around one aspect. You need mm. to make it for 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 everybody. So I, I think you've got it exactly right, Chrissy. Yeah, and and in terms of um, results for Barclays, in terms of sort of benefits to the bank, what what would you say this this journey that you've been on is has has brought? Uh, well, there are some short term things. So our brand. Net promoter score has gone up, but that's not just net promoter is, is is what does that mean? Uh, well, a, a lot of people probably recognise the term NPS, net promoter score. Mm. So, how many people promote you? Right. Um, uh, so, if they detract you, then you'll have a negative <laughs> score. So, it's your it's your brand equity. Your yeah. your your yeah. So, so so that's gone up. We we would say some of that contributed by the digital eagles. When we first started Digital Eagles, we had nobody on mobile banking. We just started it, and now we're the largest mobile bank in the UK. So I've let past the the other people. Just having seen both Lloyds Bank and NatWest Bank replicate, or say they're going to replicate Digital Eagles, tells us something. Uh, And we think we have taken our staff capability and engagement up over the period. Mm. Fantastic, and um, uh, you know, Christy, when when you're kind of um, uh, focusing over the next the next year, is there some idea that's kind of come into your mind from some of the things that that that, that Stephen's been sharing here? Yeah, I think you know, just going back to that whole people mentality and making sure it's about the people. Um, just even in thinking of some of the things I'm working on and how we can build a community around um, 
helping others understand the value of the tools that we're introducing to team members, um, leveraging ideas and listening to team members around, you know, what, what works for them or what are ways to simplify or change, um, things that we've always done before to make it easier for our team members to do their jobs, um, or just to improve the overall experience. I was thinking, Paul, I know you always talk about with the digital workplace, it's more than just a a single experience. It's about the full experience and thinking through, it's not just about when they get to, um, the internet homepage. It's more about that full experience of picking up the device and logging on and then going to the site. And then what are they doing there? And I think, um, that for me, is just, it's that people perspective. It's the whole, what is this person? What is their journey when they're, um, trying to, get from point A to point B, trying to get to do a task and thinking through that whole experience from a people perspective. I just, I think that really resonates with me. Yeah. And, um, and, and I know with your background in, in computer science and, and with your kind of passion in this area, um, Christy, I'm, I'm, it's going to be fascinating to see what you manage to achieve in the, in the years to come, because I think if there's ever a time for innovation change and and somewhat kind of revolution in in banking we're we're sort of living through that time there was a story which i which i've sometimes referred to from from one of my daughters it's a barclays story and um, it gives me an excuse to put a picture in some of the talks and she was i think about 18 at the time and she'd lost her debit card so she goes into a barclays um branch and um they immediately replace her debit card in the branch um, and when she was in there, they said, can we set you up with mobile banking? This is going back, I think, probably about five years. And they did that on her mobile phone. And I said to her, what, what, what do you think about Barclays? And she said, they're incredible. And my point here was that so long as Barclays doesn't mess up, why would she not stay with with the bank? And 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 so far... Um, so Fingers good, crossed. and I think it's <laughs> it keeps up. And, and but, um, well, I mean, there's so much more that we could talk about. And I'm sort of looking through both of your kind of um, stories and biographies, thinking about all the other things that I wanted to <laughs> to to ask you about about the, uh, the the coding and um your own kind of um, background as a as as an intranet chick, as you describe yourself, <laughs> uh, Christy. Um, we'll have to wait for another episode, but just to say thank you both very much. Thanks so much to you, uh, Christy, and uh, it's been fantastic to have you on the show today. And and thank you, Stephen, for making the trip down here and and for your time today. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through benchmarking, membership and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.